On August 5, 1987, while driving a rented BMW in Northern Ireland with his then low-key actress girlfriend Jennifer Grey, Matthew Broderick crossed the wrong lane of a highway and collided head-on with a Volvo. The driver, Anna Gallagher, 28, and her mother, Margaret Doherty, were both killed instantly. How did this happen? Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Greetings. Hello. Diepod hey. listeners. Dieheads. 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 <laughs> Whatever you want to be called. You dying hot out there? You're hardly dying. Hey, come on now. Hey. Welcome to the Broadrisode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, you did not prepare us for how horrible that was going to be. <laughs> my name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowley. And you're listening to another episode of Death and Entertainment. This episode is going to take us all the way back to 1987. Ooh, wow. Okay, so we are in August 1987. Oh, you're going to say something? I was going to say, Oh, yeah, it's a good <laughs> month. Bark for some reason. Good month, good year. I was yeah. 10 days away from turning one. Oh, wow. Hey, I look was, at me. I was already one. Hey. And I, so I could beat you up. I was seven years old, and I could beat all you guys. Nice. And That's I still very can. true. And I still could do it. I will. Well, I'm not going to cross you. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Today, at least. Don't, don't cross, cross Matthew any Broderick. Don't cross any, <laughs> yeah, any, any lanes either. Don't, don't cross the street in <laughs> yeah. front of Matthew don't Broderick. Don't cross the median, yeah. <laughs> don't be anywhere near the street when he's driving. So books, the top books were The Haunted Mesa. Ooh. Ooh okay. And Weep No Weep No More, my lady. Ooh, classic literature. <laughs> yeah. I keep that by my bedside. Yeah. <laughs> Next to my gun. Uh and then Misery came out this year. Not wow. the movie, the original book by Stephen King. Wow. It didn't take long for that book to be made into a movie. No. I have not read the book, but I like the movie. But I the, can't read. Oh, wow, we well, know, we you, know you can join us on the the next medium we cover, <laughs> and uh, presumed innocent. Oh, is uh, that uh, what's his name? Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. But that's the. It's uh, a book. Is that though. A page? It's a book. Yeah. So who? No, wrote... you know, I, I did watch this movie recently. Yeah. Presumed innocent. It's with yeah. Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. So I, I guess it was based on a book. Yeah, I think so. It's in Well, it's, it is in the book section of the Pop Culture <laughs> Flash. I, that would be crazy if the movie had nothing to do with the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, How do we know? He liked the title. Yeah. <laughs> Presumed Innocent is a 1990 American legal thriller based on the 1987 novel of the same name by Scott Turow. Oh, wow. Harrison Ford. <laughs> and then the top book was Patriot Games. Another Harrison hey, Ford. Wow. This was the year of books that Harrison Ford would eventually be in. Yeah, right. <laughs> year of the Ford, not the year of the Volvo, apparently. <laughs> I, hey. Or the BMW 3 Series. <laughs> I guess Ford didn't like the role in Misery, gave it to James Caan. Yeah, I, I bet you he was up for it. And then on to movies... 
The Secret of My Success great movie. was the fifth most popular movie at this time. That made a lot of money, though. The that Michael was J. Fox one of comedy. My favorite movie. Actually, it's it's interesting when you bring up Michael J. Fox. He said there was an article out there from this era where he said he almost quit Hollywood because Matthew Broderick was stealing every one of his roles. <laughs> Not stealing, but like he was just outshining him in the in the auditions and everything. Really? Oh, so yeah. he worked on his car. <laughs> yeah, he took the brakes out <laughs> yeah, of something. Or yeah. And then, then we have Ernest Goes to Camp. How is that number number one? Classic. I want to well, know. Okay, but this is the top five that you know that weekend. Yeah. So it maybe moved down the list. <laughs> it's weird to think, but all the Ernest movies were theatrical at one point, and they all made a pretty decent amount of money. Hey, Burn. He started the Comedy Store. Uh, oh, he Ernest. started that character. Yeah, that character at the Comedy yeah, Store. Very in like lucrative. Seventies or something. Yeah. Yeah, and know then, what I mean. Hey, Vern, you know what I mean? <laughs> then eventually, after Ernest Scared Stupid, the movies, which is great, one of my favorites. Yeah. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, five yeah. top ten. And then they started going straight to video. Yeah, yeah. With, which was kind of like sad. Ernest Goes to Africa. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which let's, holds up very well today. Let's hold off on that. Uh, then he died of lung cancer. But anyway, let's get to the next movie <laughs> on the list. This is not Harry. the Ernest podcast. This is the <laughs> Matthew Broderick podcast. Harry and the Hendersons. Another classic. And yeah. made into a John Lithgow. semi-hit TV show that ran for a couple seasons. Yeah. And uh, the Untouchables. No, can't beat it. Oh, that's a that's one of my favorite Classic. Hollywood. Watched it recently. Can't touch that one. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a Brian De Palma classic. And the number one movie was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Nice. One of the first movies I ever saw as a kid, actually. Really? In the yeah, theater or just in general? In the theater. I went oh, in to the theater. Framingham General Cinema. True Lies is my first uh, theatrical rated R movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, that both of those would be awesome in the yeah. theater. Mm. Incidentally, Beverly Hills Cop 2 was also the number one movie of the entire year. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, the songs, uh, number five, Susan Vega, Luca. Uh, His name is Luca. How do you say? Tapow. Tapow. I just okay. shit my pants. Number four, <laughs> Tapow, Heart and Soul. Number three, Bob Seger, Shakedown. Uh, number two, George Michael, I Want Your Sex. Hey, um, sure does. He wasn't too subtle. Yeah. Tapping his foot in, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in the bathroom. And number one, you two, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good rendition. Um, <laughs> that song reminds me of the Tommy Lee Jones movie in Boston. I can't remember the name. Blown Away. Blown Away. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is going crazy in that. That's a weird song to go crazy it, and well, blow he's things building, up he's to. He's building a bomb. Yeah, too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Jeff Bridges has probably the worst Boston accent ever recorded. Um, <laughs> maybe a second behind Tim Robbins in Mystic River. So. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Pretty bad, too. Like all those. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's terrible, also. <laughs> and Holly Hunter in this little known movie called Once Around. Oh. Her accent in that is alien. With Denny Aiello? Yeah. Oh, you've seen it? <laughs> of course. Um, and they're also in Sleepers. Um, what's her name from Goodwill Hunting? Uh, Minnie Driver has the worst accent of anyone ever recording any every movie, <laughs> any movie ever. So Okay, we're gonna we're gonna check up on those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, guys, moving into Matthew Broderick. Do we have a clip to play that might help us illustrate this story? Yeah. Wow, this is just like what happened with Matthew Broderick, except no one's dead. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. We're just harshly going right into it. Peter um, Griffin just uh, <laughs> crashed into like five cars. Yeah. And they exploded. <laughs> and for some reason, he's jumping cars in his own neighborhood, which is great. Um, and assuming that nobody died in the crash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, some background here. Matthew Broderick was born in New York on March 21st, 1962 in Manhattan. His mom was a playwright, actor, and painter, while his dad, James Broderick, Broderick, was an actor and also a World War II veteran. His father was Catholic and of Irish and English descent, and his mother was of German-Polish-Jewish descent. We're really diving into the Broderick <laughs> family, family history. Crest. What were his grandparents? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that information. I, I, I'm just going from the biography here. Um, he grew up in a nice house in Manhattan there and went to very nice private schools, eventually winding up at the HB Acting Studio where he trained as a young actor. He performed in various plays on Broadway, specifically Brighton Beach Memoirs and Biloxi Blues with, by Neil Simon. And um, those were big deals. Those were Big plays, and then they turn out to be big movies, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Huge. Well, not not huge, but... He developed like a relationship with Neil Simon. Um, he'd worked with throughout his career. Um, he actually got his first starring movie in Neil Simon's Max Dugan, which I have not seen. This was followed up by the summer blockbuster hit War Games in 1983. After um, this, he basically became a box office megastar with films such as Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Lady Hawk, bow, which bow. is another one I've never seen, but I've heard people talk about. It's a cult classic. And you mentioned War Games before. Yeah, War uh, Games, yeah. I know you usually get excited to mention that Ali Sheedy is in a movie. So oh, yeah. I just my... noticed that you forgot to mention that Ali Sheedy was in it. The Ali Sheedy vehicle, uh, War <laughs> Games in 1983. Yes, I will never skip over her ever again. And also that movie is a wonderful time capsule of it is. early 80s technology. There was a lot of um, stuff involving like the Cold War do you remember those movies that like involved like nukes and stuff and how nukes were like bad? Red Dawn? Yeah, like Red Dawn, Miracle Mile. Yeah, okay. that was a little so, later, but yeah, later, that, yeah. That, we can count that in the list. I'll Cal allow just, it. Is just uh, happy to tell us he knows a movie. I know yeah. a movie with, <laughs> with nuclear bombs in it. That's true. Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. Okay. And then in War Games, also, <laughs> you know, like the game Paddleball. Yeah, in, like the original form in the early yeah. eight, where it's like, and then you hit the little yeah. circle. It's like that kind of technology that they're starting World War Three with. The dumbest movie. part at the end of it was like they they trying to game out like who would win and all these scenarios of like the nukes going off from Russia and the U.S. and the and at the end it goes who wins no one and it was just the dumbest kind yeah. of like <laughs> the Russians are coming. Yeah, who cares? Um, all right. So at this point, after Lady Hockey's riding pretty high. As an actor, he's becoming like a, a box office kind of, you know, able darling, you know, darling, you know, they're, they're, they'll they'll throw any amount of money at him right now just because he's so hot. Um, he's hot. Um, he's basically a bona fide international superstar by the time he's 25 years old. A young Cary Grant. Oh, yeah. that's giving him too much credit. OK. A young 
young Rock actor. Hudson. Okay. Well, I don't think these <laughs> these eras are comparable, really. But he's a young actor who's who's uh, coming up through the ranks here. Um, so Matthew Broderick was at this time. He was dating a low-key girlfriend who was actress Jennifer Grey, who actually played his sister in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Mm. They kind of had a rocky on-screen relationship. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, Kyle's like, uh, never never heard of it. Um, <laughs> so remind us, in this movie, he's... So in this movie, he is a basically a kid who can do no wrong. Like the, He's got the world in the palm of his hand. He calls out sick all the time, and he's able to get away with basically anything. Jeannie? Is that you? I can't see that far. Jeannie? Jeannie, I... Bite the big one, Junior. Thank you, Jeannie. You get to school. Wait, you're letting him stay home? I can't believe this. If I was bleeding out my eyes, you guys would make me go to school. This is so unfair. Jeannie, please don't be upset with me. You have your health. Be thankful. Oh... Mm. Oh. That's it. I want out of this family. And the sister is annoyed of him. Yeah, the sister is, who's played by Jennifer Grey in her nose. Um, oh my oh, god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her nose is a little nosable. Yeah, <laughs> it it defines her as an actress. Yeah, as it was. Person. She's you know, it's distinct. It's her look. It's distinct. Yeah, yeah. it's like you can't. Um, you know, she's a very unique look based on the the nose, it's like not, Paula like, Jones. Like yeah, yeah. I'm I only glad say you that, use that example. <laughs> I say that because in the current series from Ryan Murphy, okay, they could have just had an actress play Paula Jones, right? And you'd accept it, sure. But but they they throw a schnoz on her, <laughs> yeah. Like you've never seen. It's like it's like fifty percent of her body weight is nose. Yeah, it's all nose. <laughs> they took the nose from Family Double Dare. Yeah, threw it on her face. It's like okay, we get it. She's she more nose, nose than body. Yeah, this yeah. Person <laughs> sneezing out flags. <laughs> so something tells me in in the movie version of this incident, they yeah. would put a fake nose on oh, Jennifer on, Grey. Oh my God, she would just be one big nose. Um, <laughs> Is that, is that too much? Yeah, that's exactly. Is this too much for no, you, No, this Kyle? is great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so nosy, Kyle. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, come on. So in the summer of 87, at the age of 25, he decided to take a break and go with his then low-key girlfriend, Jennifer Gray, on a trip to Northern Ireland. Ferris Bueller had come out by this point. Yeah, it's like it came out like a year before. 86, yeah. Yeah, and it's do, it did very well, and I, it was just one of those John Hughes classics that, you know, yeah. is very memorable. So they're both young and got the world on a string. Yep, got the world on a string, and uh, they can do no wrong, so they think. Um, something I found odd about this, so they all of a sudden, they're like, hey, let's leave New York or L.A., wherever we're living, on a trip to Northern Ireland. <laughs> Like, I, Ireland's a very beautiful place. You know, my ancestors are from there. Um, Mine too. All right. Dowling. What area? It's very Irish. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to prove that I'm- Kyle <laughs> Patrick, very Irish. Uh, Not as Irish as Dowling. We're from Galway. Galway? Yes. Okay. How about how about the Dowlings? <laughs> we're from Belfast. Okay. Well, that's interesting you say that because I found it very strange. Like, this is my- I don't know if it's a big conspiracy theory, but- I'm thinking he he brought her to because usually when you're when you're going on vacation to Ireland you do go to Galway you go to Dublin yeah. maybe do a nice drive in the south there 
they go to basically Northern Ireland where there's basically a civil war going on at yeah. this right. time. And I'm like, maybe he just wanted to like keep it really on the low key. He didn't want anyone to know that these two were dating at this time. Was the potato famine done by then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The potato famine was just wrapping up at this time. <laughs> they could have gone to anywhere else like yeah. me Paris yeah they could have got could have gone to Paris had some crepes yeah but it is odd that you know northeastern Catholics are usually you don't go to the north as like your first time yeah you don't it's just the Protestant area yeah it's the Protestant area that there is still bombs going off left and right yeah, yeah. buses the, are being blown up yeah it's not like you know totally um, safe it's not like the middle, it's not the like a, of a hot, hot war zone, but it, there's still shit going on. Yeah. And I wouldn't just drive through like willy nilly as a uh, unknown actor or anything. Right. You never know. I don't, I don't know. That's just my theory that he didn't uh, want uh, anyone to notice him with Jennifer Grey. Yeah. I have a few speculation. Speculation, because um, she is not really well known at this point. She's only known for being his sister in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And she was in like a handful of other things. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Yeah, um, not not a household name at all like him. Dirty Dancing was like 11 days from coming out. She has that in the can. She has it in the can. She's about to do press for that. And out- this is August, correct? Yes, this yeah, okay. is August of 1987. Before I delve into that, so I, I did have a, a few actual theories as to why he went to this area. Uh, one was his his maybe his father came from that area. It made sense because he's uh, there's English and Irish populations in there, and the dad is English and Irish, so that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if maybe he was cheating on someone else. Hey, around this time, uh, he was dating. He was known to be dating Helen Hunt. Um, wow. And then there was this woman Daisy Foot. He was also dating around this time, who was a stage actress from Nyack, who was believed to have been dating him, give or take. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I heard she had nice feet. Yeah, hey. very, very nice. Um, <laughs> and she got married in 1987. This Foot lady. I think there, there was a. <laughs> I mean, she got married in 1997, rather. Right. Yeah. I'm uh, just putting my Daisy Foot in my mouth. Come yes. on. Uh, do you have any more foot puns you want to throw out? No. Before I, or should I go on? Um, Give the man a hand. Penel- Penelope Ann Miller <laughs> also dating around this time was co-starring Biloxi Blues. So it could have been he was just trying to be low-key and being like sneakily just trying to take his co-star. On, That's on his quite trip. a list. Yeah. He was nailing anything that moved at this time. It seemed 25, like. got a boatload of money. He might as well be yeah. fucking everyone apparently. Yeah. I hope Ali Sheedy was able to <laughs> <laughs> withstand his advances. <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know. Clearly, she did. Yeah, yeah I don't. I didn't. She didn't come up in uh, in the CIA dossier. I got to know her <laughs> on, on his dating life. Okay. Um. Also, I was just wondering if maybe like his PR people were like, "Hey, she just played your sister in this. Maybe don't get caught in public with uh with a girl that you were just you know in a movie with who played your sister." I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Imagine the headlines. Yeah. <laughs> So Imagine anyway, lines. get out of here. No, literally leave this room. <laughs> yeah, uh, leave this room while Mark <laughs> finishes his story. Uh, so anyway, Matthew, Jennifer uh, fly into Northern Ireland and they were driving from a town called Irvinesville to a town called Maguire's Bridge. Maguire's Bridge. That's very Irish. Yeah. Um, while trying to get there, they got lost and stopped at a gas station to get directions where they were told their directions were just stupid. So they roll into a place, 
And they're just like, oh, this is our directions we have. And they're like, those are just stupid, man. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Imagine being in Northern Ireland, mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of nowhere, practically. This is decades before GPS. Yeah. Like, I imagine it's very confusing. Well, I've had that happen before. I, this, I, mine was, I was admittedly stupid in this one. I just got off a plane one time in Dublin, first time going there by myself. On no by yourself? Yeah, I went there by myself. Wow. I went there to go visit. That's brave. I went there to go visit family. Mm -hmm. This is a whole long And they weren't there to pick you up? No, this is a whole sidebar. No, they weren't. They wouldn't come up because it's like a seven hour drive from, I was, County Cork is where my family's farm was. Uh. And I flew into Dublin after having a five hour layover in Philadelphia. Oof. Mm. I'll never do a cheap flight like this ever again. No. This is like the cheapest kind of bottom of the barrel uh, flight I've ever gotten in my life. So <laughs> anyway, wow. I, I used like a coupon to get it. I don't know oh, what I was doing. I was, I was in my 20s, you know, drinking my ass off. It, it, it sounds like a James Joyce tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get deeper into it because I get off the plane and I just said to the the first girl I see working at a desk at, uh, at, at Dublin Airport, I go, um, I need to get here. And I just showed her on a map, which is like seven hours away to the southern tip of uh, of Ireland. And, and she said, that's just stupid. No, she goes, are you fucking mad, man? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that's what she says to me. I'm on no sleep. And As I'm like, she's chugging a, a glass of <laughs> yeah, beer. Yeah. She, she has an IV of Guinness going into her. And, and then, then she's like, Lenny, check this bloke out. <laughs> yeah, like this bloke. yeah, she calls on the loudspeaker. We got a stupid bloke down here. We'd like everyone to come down to, to come check it out. Out, please and bring your Guinness IVs with you. Um, so I'd found a bus to get on. I was not sure about it, and then eventually I wake up in the city of Cork, because they call it. You wake it. up in Yugoslavia. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like it. There were some weird people on this bus, but um, nothing bad with the nothing wrong with Yugoslavian people. Um, and your family found you. From no, the bus. well, this is the other story. I stayed at a Days Inn when I got there. Um, I slept for like uh, 10 hours and then woke up. It was like nighttime. I went to a bar by myself and because I was <laughs> going to go the next day to see my family. And then some girl, I was wearing a Red Sox hat. She goes, are you, are you from America? I go, yeah. She goes, what the fuck are you doing in Cork then? Because I guess it's like known as like kind of a shitty. It's like the it took the wrong turn. It's the Worcester. Oh, God, um, yeah. If you know Massachusetts, the Worcester <laughs> of Ireland. Um, so the next day I get up. I'm, I call them uh, from the bus station, um, which was down the street from the days in I was staying at, ready to go, ready to have them pick me up and go to this village. Um, it's called Dunman Way, way down there. And uh, some elderly woman picked up the phone and just goes, oh, Michael, how you doing? I'm so sorry, but we can't have you here. I'm like, well, my name is Mark. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, what happened is my mom had written them. Yeah. And they ripped, they wrote back saying, oh, yeah, send them over. You know, everything's fine. Have them come hang out. Because my family had been going to visit this village since our family came over here, you know, 100 years ago or something. You sent the carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, trip's <laughs> planned. And then when she goes, oh, sorry, Michael. I think she was, I don't know what was going on. She was very old. Yeah. You didn't speak Irish at that I, time. No, I didn't. Uh, they, I don't know if they spoke Gaelic or not, but it was just a weird situation. And then I just went back up to hang out with my friend in Dublin and stayed on his couch for two weeks. So. You didn't <laughs> even get to stay at your family? No. Because no, you didn't. weren't invited. I guess not. I don't know. That's insane. There was a there was a communication breakdown going on there. I didn't. I had budgeted for like a month staying in Ireland and then 
I had nowhere to stay at that point. I didn't really have like anything. I was going to stay on their farm for like two to three weeks or something. And like, that was my idea. I like, I thought, you know, in this ideal world, they'd like, uh, you know, take me in with open arms, but they were just like, oh, Michael, we can't have you. (laughs) Yeah. Like when my family came over like a hundred years ago, um, some stayed and then some came here. And so they'd kept some communication. And by now, all that's done. I think I don't know if I killed it or not, but you I think that you, up, clearly yeah. you were the last. Yeah, the last, the last bridge. Mulcarin, yeah, bridge on the River Kwai that just <laughs> blew yeah. up. Or maybe my relative before me just really pissed him off. I don't really understand what was going on, but yeah, that might have been what Matthew right. Broderick did with uh, with his little trip to Northern Ireland here to bring right. it back to the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Broderick and Gray. Oh no, Broderick goes into the gas station. Yeah. She's he, in the car. And he was told his directions were just stupid, uh, which actually um, an off-duty policeman offered to guide them the right way, but they declined the offer. So he's what? just basically being like, you know, typical guy. You know, he's not taking anyone's directions or anything. Are you wow. kidding me? Yeah. Guy or no guy, an off-duty cop offers to show you the way when you're lost. That makes yeah. me think he had cocaine or something on him. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got to go. And he could have been... Uh, <laughs> Drunk. That that's another Ooh, theory. I had. Okay, now it's making a little sense. Yeah, he's like, come here. I gotta tell you the directions. He's like, oh, he's gonna smell all the Guinness on my breath. Yeah, the Irish cop smells his breath. He's like, what are you drinking that piss for? <laughs> You're not drinking enough, my man. <laughs> Have some. Jameson. You should. Yeah, you should be drinking Jameson. You call that <laughs> drunk breath? You coont. <laughs> you ain't drunk enough to be driving. <laughs> well, Ireland, I don't know if, if they were back then, but I, I know uh, they're super tough on drinking and driving now. Um, and where did they get the crappy directions from in the first place? I don't know. That he must just obviously he, he scribbled them down from the concierge. He must somewhere. have, yeah, maybe some got asshole. it from Mark's travel agent. Yeah, my travel agent, <laughs> Mark's family. <laughs> Are you <laughs> fucking mad, man? Here you go. Um, I'll show you the route here. It looks like a pretty cut and dry route they were going. It doesn't yeah, it's seem about like, 18 miles. Yeah. So it's like 20 minutes and like Matthew Broderick, I don't know what's going on in his head, man. Like I think he was just kind of twisted and maybe he was on drugs of some sort. It's possible. It doesn't look like a long route at all. Yeah. Shortly after um, he refuses the directions, there was a huge downpour of rain and um, – and him and Jennifer decided to take another break at a gas station. Uh, this time they found their bearings and waited for the rain to stop. Side note on all this too, like cars in Ireland and in the UK in general, um, in Europe, they're all way smaller. And obviously you're on the opposite side of the car as a driver. Yeah. So that on its own is just insane. I don't know if he had experience driving in Ireland before, but especially during a rainstorm when especially going into rotaries and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just completely terrifying. They drive fucking mad over there. I, yeah. I would not <laughs> recommend anyone who goes to Europe in general. You know, I, you know, I never ever in my life want to drive in Europe. I was too scared to do it. When I went to Ireland, they offered us um, a special with a rented car and we were like, hell no. Yeah. Definitely not. No, because I didn't do that my first time, obviously. Like, there was a lot going on with me. But, like, it, <laughs> you just don't know how. You didn't have a place to live either. Yeah. To I stay. Was on the streets in a bus. Um, so you, you don't know how fast they're going to drive. The rotaries are kind of nutty. They have no patience for you. Like, they just keep going and they drive very fast. The first couple of times, do not bring a car. Just, you know, rely on public transportation. And yeah. what do we know about this BMW 316? 
It's a nice car. It's like the three series are usually like the smaller ones, but okay. Around this time, all cars are like tanks. You know, um, yeah. if you look at the pictures, they look like they're just big hunks of metal that just kind of met each other. Yeah. Um. So less than a mile from the gas station, Matthew Broderick's driving down the road, which is like a straightaway, and he hits head on with a car. That is driven by a 28-year-old woman named Anna Gallagher. Less than a mile from the gas station they were just at. Yeah. She was driving with her 63-year-old mother, Margaret Doherty, and both women were pronounced dead on arrival at Urn Hospital. So, yeah, like I was saying, the the road was was reportedly straight and simple, uh, which began the speculation that the actor may have begun to drive on the wrong side of the road by habit, which turned out to be true, actually. Oh, shit. So he just hit her head on. Uh, the road had no curves, obstructed views, and the actor's car collided head-on with her Volvo. Mm. And it was totally destroyed. Do you know how fast they were going? It sounds like pretty fast. Because um, in order to even just keep up with traffic, like I was saying, you really – the pressure's on to like drive very fast there. Yeah. I'm wondering if – if Matthew Broderick figured like, hey, I'm from big, bad New York City, you know, this is all like nothing to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he thought he could just handle it. I'm used to driving in the Bronx. You know, I can do anything here. Obviously. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about that. Like just driving on – he was driving on the right side and it must have felt so right because like – in a rural area like that, maybe it's just hard to tell because there's not so many cars on the road. Do we know how long they had been on the trip so, thus far? This was like day one? Yeah, I don't think it was a long trip. I think they just flew. They in. had just arrived. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had just arrived and were going. I, I don't even know how you would fly into Northern Ireland from New York. He must have been Gone had a layover in uh, London or something. Yeah. Or Shannon, in, which is in over near Galway, and then there's Dublin which is the only airports that I know of you can fly in and out of internationally. Hmm. So after the crash, Broderick told police that he had no recollection at all of anything from that day. He also did not know why he had been in the wrong lane. His quote is, what I first remember is waking up in the hospital with a very strange feeling going on in my leg. He suffered a fractured leg and ribs, concussion, and a collapsed lung. Uh, Jennifer Gray's injuries included severe whiplash with later required surgery to avoid paralysis. Oh, my God. Her nose was perfectly intact. <laughs> it saved her. <laughs> <laughs> the police said that they survived by a nose. Oh, God. Uh, Ken Ramsey, a local fireman on the scene, <laughs> said his rented BMW had to be cut down from the side to give Broderick first aid. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Ramsey recalls the actor kept repeating, did I hurt them? Did I hurt them? So uh, following the accident, Broderick was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to five years in jail. Uh, he was later convicted for careless driving and fined $175 for the accident, a fine the family of the victims reportedly called a travesty of justice at the time. $175? Yeah. Wow. So he was initially up for a, a harsher so was, penalty, but but he pleaded down, I guess his representatives, maybe lawyers, got it down to careless driving and boy. fined $175. I mean, he was out one lunch in Beverly Hills. Lunch of Spago or something. Yeah. Um, so according to the New York Post, the actor was meant to meet up with the family of the women killed in the accident 15 years later in 2002. Until that point, the actor had not contacted the family with more than a note saying he was sorry. It is unknown whether Broderick met with the family. Hmm. And I've heard later that um, he was supposed to do it in like 2013 again, and it just never happened. 
that poor family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Gray opened up about the crash in an interview with People Magazine and expressed she suffered survivor's guilt. Her quote is, one minute we're going down the road and music is playing and the next minute it's all different. I couldn't be fearless after that. I became America's sweetheart within five days of the accident. Mm. So right after that dirty dancing, she became like a huge international Imagine what that must have been like to go through this horrible tragedy where she could have easily been killed. They're lucky they weren't killed. Yeah. Yeah. Then you wake up and you're one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. Because of dirty dancing. Yeah, I don't I don't know what exactly was going on in her head around this time, but I think she just had a fling with Matthew Broderick and didn't expect it to be this kind of crazy thing where she's in the hospital for like a month and a half or something, hanging out with him because he's all messed up from this accident. And it makes you wonder what was going on in her nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering, this is just, all right, I'll just throw this out there because I sent it to you guys and I got a, you know various responses back. Like to Matthew Broderick's credit, maybe his view was obstructed by Jennifer Gray's nose. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle hates this. He's going crazy. Oh, He's like under the hot light over He's here. He's like, Jennifer, would you turn around? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> we have to be open to every possibility. Um well, what are the other possibilities? Maybe he was just didn't know what he was doing and just uh, drove on the wrong side of the road. Uh, that's exactly what I was scared of and why I did not get a rental car because I, I knew that I'd be too comfortable being on the opposite side of the road and be freaked out about driving on the right side yeah. of the road, which is... Well, there's no dividers here. There's just like a little dotted line in between. So yeah. there's no way of like keeping yourself honest about keeping on the right side. Yeah. The roads out there are so small. They're like bike paths. Yeah. And the cars barely fit on them. There's like no room for error at all. Yeah. It's uh it's terrifying out there. And they did a toxicology. I do not have that. I do not report. have there's no official investigative report or anything like that. There could have been stuff covered up by uh Broderick's people. Like a oh. fixer, like a Ray Donovan that shows up all of a sudden. I think it's wow. just backwoods Ireland. It's the middle of the country. In the middle of nowhere, like, I don't think they're even going to have the technology to find out if they're drunk or not. Yeah. You can't really uh, do a field sobriety test on someone like him who's already fucked up. You know, he can't get up. He's has a smashed leg. His lungs fucked up. His legs fucked up. And, you know, his, his face is kind of fucked up. So it wouldn't even make sense in, in this scenario. So he, if he was drunk, he got away with it. They Sounds do. like we got away with a lot. Yeah. Sometimes they would do a blood test in the hospital room um, mm. afterwards, but I had no proof of that here. Do you think that there should have been a vehicular manslaughter charge or something? I think he was up for that, something like that, but it got pleaded down because- I think I, he should have paid the family. Yeah. I think he should have threw them a, a big chunk of Godzilla. Yeah. Or whatever he made right. off that, you know, uh, or something. I, well, I'm sure the cable guy money wasn't really going to get him too far. Even the election paycheck or the something. The election paycheck. Throw him something. Yeah. <laughs> After the accident, uh, those juicy starring roles uh, that he was in seemed to have like dried up. You know, after Ferris Bueller's, he was just like huge and he could have done mm-hmm. really anything. But then 
you know, quietly, some of these roles just kind of disappear and the yeah. funding isn't there and the box office isn't there. He was doing movies like, like I said, The Cable Guy and Godzilla, which- yeah, In the 90s. Which are fine, you know, yeah. but they're not, it didn't seem to be match the trajectory he was going into. Because he, he was uh, starting off in very respectable movies. Yeah. Then he did this weird movie in 1992 called Out on a Limb. This is the log line for this movie. Matthew Broderick goes out on a limb in this surprise adventure about a financial whiz who takes a wild detour to come to the aid of his kid sister in the small logging town of Buzzsaw. This is the movies he's doing at this time. Just like bad uh, uh, slapstick comedies. Northern exposure ripoff. Kind of. Like. Yeah. This weird city guy gets stuck uh, outside in this, you know, the woods. And you want to talk about a strange movie, Family Business from 1989. Yeah. Stacked cast though. Like, oh my, it, listen it was to John how Connery and who was the the father? Was Dustin, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman yeah. plays Sean Connery's son. In the movie. Yeah, that's absurd. They're like eight minutes <laughs> apart. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew Broderick is the grandson. Is that the phone sex hotline one? No. 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 Oh. This what? is what I don't know what you're that's talking about. That's a Tommy about. Davidson movie. You were you showed me a movie uh probably months ago, maybe last year. But it was like a family that did like a phone sex hotline together or something, or like a bunch of friends. I don't know. What is he? It was like a wacky eighties comedy. Are you talking about a Michael Keaton movie? I don't know. No, I forget who the big people were in that. This is another podcast trying to find out what movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to think about that one. And wait, Matthew Broderick is in it? I don't know if he was in it or not. I didn't oh, see no, it. What are you bringing <laughs> yeah, it up for? Right. Because Family Business, I thought that's what it was about. No, no, no. The, the Family Business, it's a heist movie with... Um, it's a heist family movie without the excitement. <laughs> yeah, or the fun or the entertainment. <laughs> So um, after all this is said and done, and he's kind of like gone through the storm of this, in 2012, the accident was thrust back into the public eye after Broderick became an ambassador for Honda. He was featured in a Super Bowl commercial for the brand. Uh, can we play that clip, please? Sure can. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I guess I'll be okay. Ooh. I'm calling the studio, Matthew. You're not shooting today. No. People are depending on me. Movies bring so much joy. Stop. It's done. Just get some rest. Diva. He bought it. How can I handle work on a day like today? One of the worst performances of my career, and he never doubted it for a second. I've seen worse. All right, can I get my CRV brought up, please? I've got a lot to do today. Roderick. Roderick. You sound awful. Jeez, this is a long ad. Yeah. <laughs> now he's at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, yeah, Matthew Broderick, he was driving. The His agent was next to him. And he put a panda. He won. Don't even try to explain it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos. At least he was off, he's off the road now. Oh, wait, now he's back on the road. Keep your eye on the road, Matthew. How could I resist? Now he's doing karaoke. Thanks. Have a good night. Said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Get going in the all-new CRV oh from Honda. If you don't stop to keep your eyes on the road there, you might hurt someone. You're still here? 
Do you have anything better to do? Go on, get going. Go. <laughs> Maybe write the go meet with the family. You yeah. Yelled. Well, yeah, you had plenty of time there to go meet with the family. I don't see him doing it, though. So they thought it was cute to show him so it, driving yeah. around they in the Honda. Honda. And he thought it was cute. The actor and the company were slammed for the for their choice. Uh, Mr. Doherty, the son of the, of the mother and the brother of the woman that were killed, he told the impartial reporter that he forgave the actor. His quote is, I suppose it wasn't the greatest choice of drivers knowing his past. <laughs> You think? <laughs> I suppose at the end of the day, it was years ago. I have forgiven what he had done. I mentioned that at this time, he said. Yeah, it's like OJ doing a knife commercial. <laughs> <laughs> what company does it does knives? Ginsu Cutco. Yeah. Cutco. Yeah. <laughs> the scam knife company that makes you go sell knives door to door. So the same son added uh, that he understands what occurred was an accident but that another actor might have been more appropriate for the advertisement. He said, I have always said that an accident happened. It is certainly not something that you want to happen to anyone. It wasn't premeditated. Um, as I said, it certainly was not a great choice of driver. I'm sure there were plenty of other stars <laughs> over there. That yeah, like could Brandy. Have gone to, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he, he had two quotes for that for some reason. It'd be like having uh, Rebecca Gayhart come out oh, for yeah. a commercial. And Jenner, right? Didn't oh, she kill someone? There is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> they should have got her. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so Broderick actually had a difficult time forgiving himself for the accident. He said it was an extremely difficult coming to grips with what happened. Um, but in time, he felt better about that terrible experience, and he said a lot of therapy helped. Mm. Yeah, I imagine a, a mountain of therapy. Yeah. He just looks like he was born given therapy, basically. Like, yeah. He's like a very therapy-driven you know, guy. And his later career, too, his persona is somewhat stoic. Yeah, maybe just kind of like um, self-reflective. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. imagine it's still causes a lot of pain yeah for him i can imagine just thinking of that moment and just thinking of like what you did to someone is just like really yeah. hard to think of on a daily basis you just never stop thinking about it maybe and um he's married to sarah jessica parker yeah well in in 1988 him and uh jennifer gray broke up so oh they stayed together they though stayed for, together a for a little bit, bit after yeah. that it seems so tragedy um, brings people together yeah, it could have Sometimes. been. Sometimes. <laughs> Kyle's trying to hold back the tears here. Um, yep. In 97, nine years later, he uh, Broderick married Sarah Jessica Parker of uh, Sex and the City fame in front of a uh, hundred of their closest family and friends. The pair uh, now have a nine-year-old twins, Loretta and Tabitha, and a 16-year-old son, James. Jennifer Gray went on to marry Clark Craig in 2001. You know, You know where Clark Craig is from? What? Kyle. Boston. Beat down, baby. Oh. <laughs> Another Boston He's guy. from the dot. Can't escape him. <laughs> it's from the freaking dot. He's that guy. He's always in like David Mamet movies. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's in uh, Marvel movies too. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yes. They actually recently divorced. Oh, 2021. Did they really? Oh, yeah, recently. you're right. Oh, my wow. God. I didn't even see that. See, I think a lot of people, the uh, the quarantine really did it in for them. But they had a good 20 years together. That's yes. Who really knows why they broke uh, up? Kyle's getting pissed about the no stuff. 
I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Kyle had a friend with a very big nose. I, w- I was trying to find out where in Boston he was born, but it says Boston. Yeah. Weymouth. What, yeah, Weymouth. Which probably means fucking Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it says that, yeah, they were just born in or around. Yeah. Either, either like Newberry Street and they're just like billionaires that have never seen yeah. Dorchester or who knows. They flew in there just for the they're just, just for the birth. Just for the, the birth. Clout. International <laughs> citizens. Who gives a fuck about them? By the way, Jennifer Gray got the nose job in nineteen eighty nine. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she told the mirror, I'll always be this once famous actress nobody recognizes because of a <laughs> nose job. It was just a thing that happened, you know, like I'm I'm not even making fun of her. I don't think we all anyone is like she was known more that before she had got the nose job. She was Absolutely. just a, a more discernible actress that you can't get around. Well, that. And that's how can't get around she that. looks. Oh. It's like, can't get around. <laughs> couldn't get around. Get around that's that. the reason why she got the surgery. <laughs> it's like Renee Zellweger, though. Like her face is completely different now. Yeah. And it's like, who is that person? You can apply that also to male actors. Like if Chris Farley all of a sudden like became this kind of skinny guy, like he wouldn't get the same roles. You know, it's just like well, he, he didn't survive past 97, though. So, well, that's another that's a mood point. That's another episode. Kyle, you just had the uh, pictures of Jennifer Grey. Yeah, she does look very different. I mean, I she's like 18 in one of the pictures and like 57 in another one. Yeah. But so still, the nose is very um, it's it's a different shape. It's a different size. And she even did, she did this sitcom in the nineties yeah. called "It's Like You Know," yeah. And th- they made a big joke about the nose job. It's yeah. like, you like, nose. weren't you that actress? And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So she tried to laugh it off. So the premise of that series is an actress gets a nose job. Yes, basically, <laughs> that's how monumental. The I mean, you it think was. It really was a like a cultural thing. Yeah, and she was great in. Um, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She was, oh, she, yeah. She was like super angry and she was awesome. Yeah. And her and Charlie Sheen got together at the end. That's who I thought would have been, you know, driving like maniacs in Northern Ireland. <laughs> it was <laughs> right. her and Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. And one thing we're, we're going to have to put on the Instagram is uh, Mark actually met the principal from the movie Ferris oh, Bueller's yeah. Day Off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about this. Wow. Jeffrey Jones. Maybe like like Matthew Broderick tr- blacked out the the accident from his life. I blacked out this. Thing that <laughs> okay, t- tell us about it. Where where and when and why did you meet Jeffrey Jones? Well, the circumstances were I was, I think I feel like I feel like I take a lot of cheap like shitty trips. I was twenty years old, going to Cancun, Mexico, through Bradley Airport in Hartford, Connecticut. So I was part of this like bad spring break package with me and my friends. Um, the business went out of business when we were in the airport, me and like 200 other spring breakers were just stuck there for 48 hours and we were sleeping in Bradley airport. Um, during this time we were just kind of like drinking, uh, just kind of like causing chaos in the airport. And then all of a sudden my friend, I was in the gift shop, my friend knocked on the window just goes, you gotta come here. And then (laughs) in this long line, was the um the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off a guy by the name of Jeffrey Jones? If you don't know, convicted child molester. Yeah. Um. If you don't know anything about this person, he really turned out to be a real creep in real life. Um. If you'll see in this picture, I look like I'm 10 years old, but I'm actually 20 years old. <laughs> Um, I just happened to lose a lot of weight before I went on spring break for some reason. That um, makes the story even crazier to me because I didn't realize that was the situation. So like he's in an airport 
Yeah. Full of young boys. Yep. Ready to go get drunk. Well, this was before <laughs> the conviction. Correct? This was before any conviction. Yeah. Um, before even a sniff of a accusation. I, I think. guess him and the guy uh, Paul Rubens, who played Pee Wee Herman, were together. Like. Both involved in similar things. Oh, no. You know, and Pee Wee Herman famously got caught in the... Um... He was in a porn theater. I feel like it's not that No, bad. no, no. Yeah. This, hold on. I know what you're talking about. The the porn thing happened years and years before you met Jeffrey Jones. Really? Yeah. And that was, yeah. that was nothing. He was visiting his family, I think, in Sarasota. And he goes into one of those, you know, grimy porn theaters. That okay. Used to and jerked exist. off. So the Jeffrey... Well, not even necessarily, like... Yeah. Looked like he was. <laughs> but what you're referring to is around much later, like over a decade later, yeah. the police were searching Paul Rubens' home yeah. and found what they thought to be child pornography. But it was, was really it just like artistic photos. Exactly. Yeah, it was but like that's that's vintage, always a cover though. Vintage catalogs and vintage boys. Yeah, yeah. That's always a cover. So that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. In two thousand two, Jones was arrested for possession of child pornography and accused by a seventeen year old boy of solici- solicitation to pose for nude photos. Photographs. Oh boy. He <laughs> pled no contest to a charge of soliciting a minor as the accuser was 14 when the first offense occurred. Oof. So he took a bunch of photographs. Yeah. At, at the very least. Yeah, he was a. Uh, <laughs> you ever seen Beetlejuice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, know, I know Tim Burton. You want to know him too? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're a fan of Howard the Duck? <laughs> you want to be in Edward Scissorhands too? <laughs> And he was so so good in all those movies. Well, that's what I said to him when I went went up. Like I was like obviously fucking around, a little drunk. I just said, "Hey, you were in Howard the Duck," and that was like the worst movie. Oh, he's ever yeah, been. <laughs> real, real clever there, Mark. Yeah, I was really really sticking it to him. He's saying. Um, before he stuck it to me. Um, hey, hey whoa. Before, yeah, well, he, he, he so wanted and, to. He anyway, did. I took a picture with. Well, the, he I, did. I, I asked for a picture. Yeah. What and kind he, of picture? Just that one picture. <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom. Are there others we haven't seen? Some real pictures. It's like a gallery Mark has of that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like a big long jacket. Like you want these? You yeah, want these? yeah. I <laughs> open them like I'm selling watches. Then there was a photo booth. Yeah. You two found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take any picture you want there, uh, principal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he gave me the bunny ears in this uh, long line that he was in um, in Bradley Airport in Connecticut. And that's about it. And then as he was – as I was walking away, I'm like, yeah, that was funny. I kind of made fun of him, blah, blah, blah. Um, then at the end, he just yelled to me nine times. Like he wanted he, – he didn't want this interaction That's how many times I end. fucked you. Yeah, nine times I'll get inside of you. Um, so oh that boy. was it, yeah. Wait, what did the nine times mean? Nine times was it when he said um, in Ferris Bueller's day off. He's like, how many days have you been out? Yeah. Like, I got him for nine times. Oh, and he yells that at you while yeah. you're – like really giving you a good – Maybe experience. I, I could. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to. That, that would be like the, he, he wanted this interaction not to end. Yeah, he really gave you the full words. Oh, he yeah. definitely snapped one off to you. I mean, <laughs> you don't think if you met De Niro and you're walking off, he'd be like, "You fucked my wife." <laughs> <laughs> like he would just let you walk off. Pretty good. <laughs> um, obviously, he won more from this interaction that I I was like joking with him, and then my friends are laughing, and that was it. So yeah, little it. did you know how much more he wanted. Ooh. You know. And he could have still been starring in shitty Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Could have been in Planet of the Apes. Well, that was before. Yeah, it was right before. He could have been. He was in Sleepy Hollow. He was, yeah. Yeah. That's true. And then after 
I think after the conviction, he goes from Sleepy Hollow to Who's Your Caddy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Who's Your Caddy's 2007. Like, what sad business deal allowed for him to be in Who's Your Caddy? <laughs> well, Beetlejuice was like an amazing movie. And then he just like, yeah, after the conviction. And it could have been one of those things where there was like a, a secret, like, you know, whisper, like, yeah, this guy's a creep, you know, before he got caught and stuff. So Yeah. But he was just a really, you know, recognizable working actor. He was in Mom and Dad Save the World. Stay, yeah. Stay Tuned. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned was one of my favorite movies. Stay Tuned. Me too. Yeah. Really good I, in that movie. As a kid, I love that movie. Oh. Because like, I don't know why. I know why. Because it was awesome as a yeah. kid and then jeffrey jones was also in house guest yeah as one of phil hartman's friends yeah with john larroquette was in that too <laughs> no john larroquette <laughs> was not in that but house guest was directed by the guy that was going to direct the allman brothers biopic that oh. had an onset another accident okay. and we'll get to that in another Hang episode on to that wow yeah so yeah jeffrey jones um yeah still think about him to this day <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh-huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Ferris Bueller disciples running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong. <laughs> Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Is uh, any Alejandro hot takes here? Yeah. You want me to read the hot takes? <laughs> I think the hot take was already talked about. Okay. Was drinking involved? Yep. We determined quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Was he drunk? Yep. Like, not only did, <laughs> did he drink, but was he drunk? Was he like 30 beers deep? Yeah, we don't know. And... Or was he hung over and that's what impaired him? Well, that's what you do when you go over to Ireland, right? I I know I drink my ass off whenever I go over there. I just Hell yeah. Like, oh, but, you, but I'm you not can't driving. keep up with the Irish I've never drinking. driven a car in Europe ever in my life. So. No. Well, you can keep up with the Irish sometimes. And then the last hot take here, did he see a banana peel in the street? Oh, Little Mario Kart action. (laughs) (laughs) Was there a turtle shell in the street? (laughs) No, I think he was just an American in another country and didn't realize he was on the wrong side of the road. He fucked up. Possibly drunk, though. Yeah. You know, if I was that age, 25, hotshot actor like that in Ireland, just hanging out, I would have been out of my mind drunk. Yeah. But I wouldn't be driving. No. Yeah. yeah. That's no. the other thing. So. But I mean, it's 1987. There's, you're not calling it an Uber. Yeah. You got to get there. You got to go. Yeah. You got to get to uh, Magraya's Bridge. Drunk driving is just way more prevalent than people would like to believe, I think. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. still to this day. <laughs> I think something really had to happen for the very tight controls they have on it now with the uh, drinking and driving. You really you really can't at all. I was over there and I, I have some like friends that live there in Dublin. And um, if you even have one drink, you know, you're kind of pushing it. Mm. So. Good. That's why we have Uber now. Yeah. As it should be. As it should be. Fucking should be. No drinking and driving. Um, okay, guys. Um, Shall we do an Irish goodbye? Irish goodbye, yeah. Do we have that last clip to play us out? Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much um, for paying attention and uh, and drive safely. Whew. Yep.
I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.